Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, founder and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So international tax, something that CPAs as an industry, for the most part, we've tried to avoid for years and years. We do as little as possible. And yet now we're stuck with clients moving to other countries, uh, clients having business activities in other countries. And it seems like we can't avoid this any longer. We're very fortunate to have two experts on the subject, Steve Moskowitz and Cliff Captaville. And we are uh, very excited to have you guys. And so starting with you, Steve, uh, just give a little bit about your background and then we'll get yours, Cliff. I'm a tax attorney. And before I was a tax attorney, I was a CPA. I started my career out with Pricewaterhouse. Then I went on into industry and then I went on and started my own practice over 30 years ago. We do everything in tax, including a good segment of international tax. And we talk about international. Let's not forget our friends in Puerto Rico because we should put them <laughs> in here. Oh, you're smiling. You already know yeah. because we have these acts that are so beneficial. And, and one of the nice things about Puerto Rico is you don't have to give up your American citizenships and you have Boku benefits. Now I throw the floor to my friend and colleague, Cliff Captaville. Cliff, take it away. Thanks, Steve. So, uh, like Steve, I started at a, at a big four, started at Deloitte as an accountant and uh, got a, a law degree, master's in tax, and have been doing a combination of compliance and tax planning for uh, almost 30 years, not quite as long as Steve, but almost. And uh, Steve and I both got into international work about... Uh, 10, 11 years ago, when the IRS started to focus on those compliance issues, the non-reporting of the foreign accounts. And since then, uh, in the last four years, Steve and I have developed a practice where in addition to those compliance issues, we also help small businesses and individuals with business tax planning, individual income tax, gift and estate tax planning, which all have interesting uh, twists and turns for uh, CPAs and other tax professionals. So happy to be here. Thanks for inviting us, Tom. 
Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Steve. So, 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 Cliff, uh, let me ask you this question. You, you, you bring up the compliance, which I think is number one, because that's the first thing we have to do. We have to be compliant first before we ever do any planning. Um, what do you think the risks are to CPAs? Um, and, and of course, most of our listeners are, are CPAs with um, individual and business clients, uh, prim, you know, primarily entrepreneurs, investors. What do you see as the risks if CPAs don't pay attention to the international tax compliance issues? Well, there, there are big time penalties for not reporting foreign accounts, not reporting foreign income. And those can flow to the CPA or the tax preparer if they fail to pick that up in an interview or reviewing documents with a, uh, a, a client who has foreign activities, if they have relatives in a foreign country, if they told you that they lived or worked in a foreign country and you don't ask them about the foreign accounts or the foreign uh, income, you can have... Uh, huge penalties for the client, uh, uh, six figures in many cases, and those will obviously affect the CPA or the tax preparer. If they miss that, they could be subject to uh, not only potential IRS action themselves, but almost certainly a lawsuit, uh, refund claims, et cetera. Uh, thanks. So, so um, what, um, if you could just kind of outline uh, the types of things, I mean, for example, we know foreign bank accounts we need to be concerned about. What other types of compliance do we need to make sure we're concerned Watch about? out for the foreign gifts, because what happens is if there's a gift over 100 grand, there's a special reporting. And the irony is the taxpayer doesn't owe a penny on the gift for income taxes. But if you don't report it, we start off with, boom, the IRS wants a penalty of 25% of the gift. And then there's other things with trust at 35%. And you also have to watch out for the attribution rules because you say, well, wait a minute. Well, mom gave me 60 and dad gave me 60 and that's under 100. Oh, oh, whoa, wait a minute. That gets added together. That's 120. What you don't want to do is have some client saying, hey, I got, you know, for example, we'll see clients that will get seven figure gifts to buy a house or something else. And what you don't want is your client calling and say, hi, Mr. CPA, I just got this penalty for a quarter of a million bucks and you didn't file a 3520 and you're paying that quarter of a million bucks, not me. So you have to watch out. And one of the things that we recommend in practice is everybody, if, if this guy was born in the middle of the United States and he's never set foot outside and doesn't have a passport, we ask everybody the, you know, the foreign questions because you can never tell you have a situation where, well, you don't, but your spouse's mom put her on the account and boom, we can have a liability. So the bottom line is you got to ask the questions of everybody. It's just it's one more standard question. Like, do you have wages? Do you have interest income? Another standard question. Okay, so we've got gifts that we need to be concerned about on the 3520. We've got uh, foreign bank accounts. What other compliance uh, issues are you guys are you guys seeing? Ownerships in foreign corporations, where and this is this is so common. You're talking with, and, and especially in overseas, family, how shall I say, families are closer overseas than they are here. They do a lot of things. And another thing, for example, there's, there's a large group of people that I, I've worked with, and they just have different customs where they put things in each other's names. Mm -hmm. Well, this is really my 
farm, but it's in my sister's name. Oh, yes, and my mother owns this, but it's in my name. And in a lot of foreign countries, they do that. In this country, when you put something in somebody else's name, oftentimes there's a fraudulent intent. Somebody is looking to not pay their ex-spouse or their taxes or a credit or some evil purpose. A lot of times in, in other countries, it's just the way they do things. So part of what you have to be is a cultural translator and say, look, in America, here's the way we do it. And you have to make everybody understand and you have to watch out for these things. Not to mention transfers and trust. And oftentimes people, for example, I had a very nice couple in my office and they had a lot of assets in Korea and they were there with their adult daughter and the adult daughter brought them because she'd heard about these things in the news. And I asked the adult daughter and I said, do you have anything over? Because oh no, I don't have anything. The mother turns to her, oh honey, yes you do. And she owned several buildings, a parking lot and a bank account because in their country, what happened, they were able to open accounts with the stamp that they have. Daughter never knew it. And they just did the stamp and all of a sudden daughter owned all this. Now we had to go explain that to the IRS. And in a lot of countries, for example, sometimes parents, especially fathers and daughters, can be a bit sexist. And dad says, well, you know, she's the daughter. She doesn't need to know. I just put that in her name. Well, daughter could have big problems. And here, you know, in the old days, prior to 2009, there wasn't a lot of reporting and people weren't, you know, FBARs have been around since 1970. But a lot of people never heard about them. F-bar, candy bar, energy bar, what's that? They didn't hear about them. They didn't do it. And there wasn't any way for the government to find out. Well, the big thing happened in 2009 when the Justice Department went after UBS in Switzerland and the American government was successful in getting Switzerland to go ahead and change their world famous bank secrecy laws you know the nazis tried to do the same things right before world war ii to get the secret jewish accounts and switzerland said no we're a sovereign country don't you dare tell us what to do but the united states was successful in doing that shortly thereafter the rest of the world got together and said hey we'll exchange information with you so now you have a situation where you could really have a lot of people who really legally in their country own things they even know about it and the IRS says hey what are you trying to pull here? You owe taxes and penalties, and these penalties are grossly disproportionate and draconian, but none, nevertheless, that's the law, and we have to jump in here. And exactly as you said, you know, a lot of Cliff's friends and my friends are in the tax business and they're tax attorneys and CPAs. But when it comes to foreign, forgive the pun, it's foreign to them, and it's just another world. They don't know anything about it, and there's all sets of rules, and the penalties are so big. So you have to start off with identify does anybody have anything to do coming in or out on foreign if the answer is yes either know how to do it or refer it or bring in somebody that does or you can be hit with big penalties and so is your client and today people are very quick to sue the cpa yeah no i i think that is uh, great i hope everybody is scared to death now because you should be um because what what i'm hearing is a lot of undisclosed and unknown risk and that's the worst kind of risk because we don't know it's there. We can't do anything about something we don't know about. And also one of the things that you want to do that Cliff and I talk about all the time is the CPA has to warn and warn and warn and warn them in writing. And it's better if the client signs off because here's what happens. There's a, a lot of people that I've experienced that once they attain a certain status in life, they've been doing something wrong all their life. 
and everybody in their country does it wrong. And also in dealing with foreign people in a lot of countries, tax is not the big deal that is here. And in a lot of foreign countries, if you get caught with a tax wrongdoing, you contribute a painting to the National Museum and all is forgiven. And people don't understand. And what I've said to, to people that come from other countries over and over and over again, but you're not in country X right now, you're in the United States. And yes, they really will put you in prison and take away your money. And they say, but in country X, I say, but you're not in country X. You have to warn them about that. However, you know what? There are, especially we know as, as attorneys, there are people that just don't do what they're supposed to. And they think they get away with it. And what happens when they get caught and they're amazed when they get caught, the first thing they do is point the finger at the CPA and said, hey, my CPA never asked me if I had a foreign employee. If he asked me, I would have told him instantly. That's all his fault. And the IRS will ask the same thing. Hey, this, is, this return is wrong. Who is the wrongdoer? Who's the evildoer? Is it the CPA? Is it the client? Well, the client's going to swear up and down. Oh, it's the CPA. It's the CPA. It's the CPA. He never asked me. He never asked me. So he or she, you better have a writing. And, and my preference is a writing signed by the client. So when they say, yo, my no good Nick CPA never asked me this. I said, well, you know what? It's my client's fault. I actually asked my client here, take a look at my organizer that he signed off on. When I asked him, do you have a foreign account? See where he wrote it? No, that's why I didn't report it. It's the client's fault. And a little bit of prevention, the old saying, a little bit of prevention can, can prevent a lot of harm and a lot of problems in the future. So what you have to do is you have to ask him the questions and that's not good enough. You have to have a writing signed by the client where he tells you he doesn't have anything because when he turns on you and swears, you never ask him, you, Mr. or Ms. CPA, better have that writing from the client say, I ask you, you lied to me. Now it's your problem with the IRS, not me. Don't drag me in or the IRS will drag the CPA in. People really do things that they shouldn't. One of the things that uh, we emphasize at wealth, in the WealthBility Network, we have a network of about 60 CPA firms around the country. And what, one of the things I, I emphasize in our training is that uh, the, the advisor's really primary skill set needs to be asking the right questions. And so I think this is a whole new set of questions we need to make sure we're asking. Yes, we need to have it in the organizer. On top of that, we need to make sure hey, the organizer is completed, that they sign off on it. But I think there may be even, for the client's sake, some additional questions we need to ask. So let's move on. Okay, so we know we've got major compliance issues. We need to deal with the compliance. Um, I think step two is let's say that we do have a client that's got some interest in a foreign country or they've got, and, and we know about it, or they've got, um, or they've, maybe they've moved to a foreign country. Maybe they just moved to a foreign country during the pandemic. Um, but then they have foreign issues. They have, they have U.S. issues. One of the things I always tell people, and like your take on this, is really rule number one after compliance is don't pay tax twice. If you're if you're working to make sure the client doesn't pay tax twice, what are kind of some some uh, rules that you give as to okay, here's here's kind of rule number one, number two, number three. Here's how to make sure the client's not paying tax twice. You want to look at treaties. Um, not just the income tax treaties, but those gift and estate tax treaties. Uh, U.S. has now, I think, 16 gift and estate tax treaties. You want to make sure that you are getting full credit for any tax paid in the foreign country, the foreign tax credit, of course. How do you do that? How do you make sure you're getting full credit for that? What What's most important there? 
So the most important thing is to make sure that you have complete information for all the reporting done in the foreign country. So for example, if somebody in your example has moved to a foreign country for work, let's say uh, because of the pandemic or because Google has sent them to Europe, you wanna make sure that you have that complete foreign income tax return. And, and just like we do here in the US, you wanna get two, three years to make sure that they didn't make any mistakes that you could possibly fix. Now, very common that in the first or second year, uh, somebody's living overseas, they don't take advantage of that foreign tax credit and they are potentially time barred if they've, if they've double paid their tax and filed in the US without claiming that credit, that uh, credit could be lost forever. So you wanna make sure that you get, uh, you know, two, three years tax returns, make sure that they've been reporting correctly and taking full advantage of the tax credit. What about the different way that entities might be taxed in different countries? Do you find that sometimes, for example, an LLC might be taxed differently in the U.S. as a pass-through, so you've got a different taxpayer than it is in a foreign country? Absolutely. And it, you're right that the names don't often line up exactly the same as they do here. So you, you can't make that assumption that a certain type of, type of entity is taxed as a flow-through entity or as a uh, as a corporation, you have to drill down. You have to understand how it's taxed in that foreign country to make sure that you're claiming that credit, for example, on the proper tax return. And also, when you talk about entities, what's so vitally important, something that's real common, people in foreign countries, they all want to invest in American real estate. That's the dream. I'll have right. American real estate. Right. And they do. And here's where you get dragged in. So you're doing the returns and you're reporting everything. But there's a difference if the person invests in his own name or corporate name. And what happens is when the foreigner decides to go sell the property and they find out, oh, well, wait, well, so what do you mean subject to withholding? What's what's that all about? And then you find out, oh, if you formed an entity, you could have avoided a lot of things. They're going to sue you because they're going to say, well, look, you were doing the return. You knew I was doing it. You should have advised me about this. And you knew it because you were reporting all that. And not to mention the fact that if somebody dies, then they might get tripped up with estate taxes that all could have been avoided. Not to mention where somebody gets married. Well, wait a minute. Is the citizen an American citizen or are they a citizen of another country? And if they are, there's all kinds of special inheritance rules. And what you're going to find out is that if, say, a citizen marries a non-citizen and has a substantial estate, there is a major, major tax that could be avoided in certain ways. And you say, well, oh, you didn't tell me that, so I'm paying all this tax, and you get sued. So the bottom line is you have to watch out here. There's so many complex rules. And Cliff, you might just want to touch on some of those rules with the estates, with the foreigners, whether they're citizens or not. Let me ask one question uh, first, a follow-up question, Steve. So um, what I'm hearing you say is that we may think that compliance is all we need to do, but in fact, if we don't do the planning, we're at risk because we did the compliance. Absolutely. I mean, think if, if you went to your medical doctor and he was treating you for something, 
And he didn't say, oh, well, since you have that, you're, you're at a high degree for a heart attack or a stroke or something. And then your spouse has that heart attack or stroke and say, hey, you should have told him he should have taken drug X. He never would have had that. You committed malpractice. And that's the problem, because once you do the return, you know. And at law, there's something you knew or you should have known. And boom, you get dragged in. And the problem is with the foreign stuff, we're talking big bucks here. And yeah, I, you can have I an actually, amount to easily, easily be over your malpractice amount. I, I actually uh, had a CPA tell me once that they didn't do tax planning because it was too risky. And what I'm hearing, this is, and I completely agree with you, is that not doing tax planning, I think, is way more risky um, than doing tax planning. So tax planning, I think, becomes a much bigger part and parcel of the compliance. And to separate those two, I think, is practically impossible, particularly in the international area. So let me turn just for a second. Um, we're just starting, you know, some of us do have these, uh, you know, clients and we know they, they have stuff overseas. And we're just starting to kind of get an idea of the, the FIDI and the guilty rules and, and how this all works. What do you think uh, is going to happen with this new tax law? It looks like they're trying to turn those rules on their head. And uh, what's your crystal ball say that uh, the Biden administration is going to be successful in doing when it comes to international tax? As you can see, Cliff is wearing his Swami hat today. So Cliff, Cliff what do you want to weigh in on that? Yeah, so I think because it is an international push, the Biden Made America plan, along with uh, what the other European leaders are looking for is a way to bring some kind of coherent, unified approach. And that's going to be removing these incentives for the uh, profit shifting, the, these corporate inversions, which allow a lot of the big companies to escape tax altogether. Uh, I think a lot of that is going away. Uh, at least that's the approach of the Biden administration. I think the other European leaders are ready to do that. What it means, the way that I read the Biden plan, is that there will be essentially a minimum tax for U.S. entities and their subsidiaries around the world. It looks now like it's going to be roughly 21% if Biden gets his way, which would be still lower than the proposed uh, corporate rate at 28%, which is what he's proposing for domestic entities on their domestic profits. So I think there's a good chance, but uh, Tom, you and I were talking before we started, and as you said, you know, CPAs are just kind of getting their arms around the, the 2017 Act and the, and those regulations and now we're going to be hit with another one. the The good news I think for for tax professionals is that it does look like there's substantial uh, simplification at least in terms of the planning. A lot of the uh, shifting the IP overseas and and uh, a lot of the other. Uh, offshoring of profits is going to be discouraged under this new plan. And it looks like if uh, Biden has uh, it, it, Congress, which he, he does for the moment, that uh, he's, he's likely to get his way at least on some of this. 
So, so do you think that the U.S. will then lead the way on the uh, worldwide minimum tax? Um, so whether it's 21 or, of course, the most common number we're hearing uh, around the world is 15. But do you think the U.S. is going to take the first step? And, and so the U.S. will will put ourselves out there that we're hoping that the other countries will actually do this and impose this minimum tax, even somebody like Ireland who has no incentive to do so? Yeah, I think so. And I think the way it, it, there's going to be a lot of pressure from the other European countries who are on board with the, the idea of a global minimum tax, it looks like Biden has a lot of support from that, from the other uh, European leaders. As you say, there could be some holdouts, but uh, I imagine there's going to be significant pressure on those countries that that don't go along with some kind of global minimum tax. So you do see it. You, so whereas um, on the domestic side, there's a lot of uh, infighting among the Democrats, and we don't know that we'll get much of anything other than a couple of rate increases. You think that the international stuff that be, is it that, is it because it's like the public doesn't know, the public doesn't care. Why do you think that 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 one is so susceptible to being uh, passed when it's such a it clearly it's such a major policy change from what's been the policy over, quite frankly, many 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 years. Well, I think it is getting a lot more attention now, as you say. Uh, it is sort of uh, an obscure, uh, underreported area, but I think it it, it will get a, a attention. It, it has received a lot more attention recently, and I think uh, for Biden, as it it's a, it's a um, easier way to increase taxes when he can point to companies like Amazon that aren't paying any tax at all and they're making billions to say it's time they pay their fair share and these big companies shouldn't be able to, to shift profits offshore and avoid U.S. taxes. That's so one of the examples I'll use when I'm, I'm talking to mom and pop. And I say, you know, mom and pop, you pay more taxes than Amazon and Apple combined. Yeah, so I, it, it, it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be interesting as we come up to the uh, uh, October-November debate uh, between the Democrats, basically between the Democrats, because obviously the Republicans are staying, uh, they're, they're basically staying out of this. So um, this has been great. Thank you guys so much. Uh, final words. Uh, first, Stephen, final words on uh, what to look out for and what people should take out of this podcast. I would say that Whenever you listen to this podcast, the first thing you want to do is check and say, has anything changed since these guys have chatted about it? Because, the, you know, as you know, tax law, especially in this area, changes and changes or a court interpretation or a penalty interpretation. So the bottom line is, if you're dealing with anything foreign, what is happening today? You know, and then I would go and if I'm in practice, I would talk to somebody that is very familiar with this area and they can work with you or do that part of it. Don't try this at home. It's so complex and the penalties are, are, are so big. We oftentimes, we, we work with lots of other firms and we'll just do a part. That's fine. And that goes both ways. We refer things in and out. It's, you know, in, in today's, forgive the pun, but in this global economy, we're all working together. Nobody can do anything one thing. Adam Smith realized that in the 1700s with specialization of labor, where you say, okay, if you have a client that has anything to do with foreign, work with somebody that's familiar in that area. 
And that is the best thing for the client. It's the best thing for the CPA. And then you can sleep at nights. I love it. I love it. Uh, so Cliff, final words. Yeah. So obviously this is a super interesting area and CPA should be in interested in uh, looking for those opportunities to help the clients. Not obviously you want to avoid problems for yourself, but you also want to identify those areas where you can add additional services and, and help your clients. And international, especially with, with people now moving, working all over the world, it's super important to ask your clients the, those questions that we talked about and, and make sure that uh, you're pointing them in the right direction, at least if you're not going to help them yourself. Awesome. Thanks, Cliff. All right, uh, Stephen, uh, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? You can call us at 888-TAX-DEAL. That's 888-T-A-X-D-E-A-L. 888-TAX-DEAL or Moskowitz LLP, M-O-S-K-O-W-I-T-Z-L-L-P.com. Awesome. Thank you, guys. It's been great being with you. Remember, everyone, that, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is about you, but like Cliff says, this is also about, it's really even more about your clients. How do we serve the clients? How do we help them be better clients so that we can have a better practice and we can have a better life? Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. We had a great time. Hope you invite us back on another topic. Thanks very much. Thanks, Tom. You've been listening to the Wealth Ability for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.